0: Welcome to The Punters Mate on SEN.
1: Yes, so welcome to The Punters, mate. I'm Alyssa Smith, joined by the star of the show, Chris Nelson. And we've also got a very special guest today, Chris, too.
2: We do, Alyssa. We have a very special guest in Samantha Collett, who's just ridden her 1,000th winner. How good is that?
3: Amazing. Sam, welcome. Welcome guys. Yeah, it's fantastic to be here. Uh, I'm sure you'll be sick of seeing my face at some (laughs) stage this week. Never. We could never get sick of your face. Uh, We've got to say, what are you really gambling with? For free and
1: confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au and a very happy Friday. It's going to be a massive weekend of racing and we cannot wait. So let's kick it off. Chris, Plenty happening this weekend.
2: Yeah, there is plenty happening this weekend, Alyssa. But let's uh, let's just go back quickly, if we can, to last week. Uh, we saw Rothfire return to form, which, yes. was, which was fantastic, uh, winning the victory stakes. Sam, did you think he'd win the victory stakes?
3: Yeah, I thought his run last start. It looked, you know, as though he was obviously going to need the run. He's a year older and probably a little bit, uh, you know, bit in his older years, but he obviously ran a very gallant second but he put them away decisively on Saturday it's fantastic to see a horse with you know his ability to come back and keep coming up every preparation so very exciting for him
2: yeah and uh, of course he's the reigning Stradbroke champ and no doubt he'll be heading that way again now in the last race we saw Kovalika win very impressive three year old he heads towards the uh, the derby now sat 3 wide this was interesting sat 3 wide Nash said after the race, he was quite happy to sit out there. He said, oh, the horse was travelling beautifully, no issue at all. And then he says, oh, at about the 100-metre mark, I felt like I had a lap full of horse. It was just a matter of him winning. I mean, I was keen on Kovalika, but I was not that confident. He was far more confident than I was.
3: Yeah, it's he's, he's a lovely horse. So I remember watching him when uh, Jim Orman won twice on him last preparation. He then obviously went back to Sydney to have a run and then come back up here in preparation for, obviously, his Queensland Carnival. But... Yeah, fantastic effort. Um, quite often we point out horses that have been sort of three wide, having to do that little bit of extra work. But you know, the perks of being out there is you're you're in your rhythm. The horses are nice and settled. And if he's obviously looking to run a bit further, you you know you don't want the trip to be a concern. So covering a little bit of extra ground really shouldn't be an issue.
2: Especially at Eagle Farm, do you, do you feel as though you can cover ground there without it causing you know without losing too much?
3: I honestly think that there's a real stigma around being three wide, but in all fairness for me as a rider i would sooner be there if it means that you know my horse is in a rhythm as opposed to burning a lot more petrol to get either one off in a more forward position or having to lose two three four five lengths to get back to get one off to then make that ground up so i mean i really don't think three wide's that much of an issue it's just making sure that your horse is balanced it's
2: interesting because it seems to be taboo you know as soon as you've I know, looking, when I've tipped a horse or whatever and sitting there three-wide, well, I'm gone here. No chance in the world. Maybe if you're three-wide without cover, that's worse?
3: Yeah, for sure. Three-wide without cover is not ideal, but, I mean, also being back last in a slow-run race... You know, having your yeah, horse wasting energy pulling its head off is probably worse, um, in my expert opinion. <laughs> well, you're the only one here amongst us who's ridden
2: a horse in a race.
3: Yes, <laughs> I'll use it as a flex. <laughs> I love
1: it. I love it. What about Antino as well? Well, he was
2: really good. Yeah. Um, he's heading towards the Stradbroke. Yeah. Uh, the BRC Sprint will be his next race on, I think, two weeks tomorrow, mm. uh, and. Who's been uh, Tim Clark has been booked for the ride, and we're going to chat to Tim Clark later, which is good. Yes. But he's been booked for the ride going forward, and he's just a good horse. He gave them a fair start.
3: Yeah, he's an absolutely gorgeous specimen of the type of horse too. You look at him, and he just oozes quality. Um, he's a horse that can be um, he ridden forward in his races. We've seen Jimmy ride him, you know, back as well, and he's got a fantastic turn of foot, and he's got what you want. And he- um, you know, and every very good horse is the ability to sprint twice. So, it you know, from a rider's perspective, it means you can sort of position him, you know, anywhere in a race, and he's always going to be there and you know ready to go and produce the finish that you know we've seen him do you know, on numerous occasions now.
1: And another Tony Gollan horse as well, yeah, isn't he unreal. just flying? Yeah. Absolutely.
2: What's uh, nine premierships oh. in a row? Oh. And you're heading for ten, and, and he's already counting. broken the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's,
1: That's incredible. incredible. Impressive. Uh, we've also got some major race nominations as well.
2: Yeah, well, all the, uh, and Sammy, will be all over this, all yes. the, uh, <laughs> the major all race nominations <laughs> came out this week. Uh, the Doom and 10,000 is obviously next week, the Doom Cup is the week after that. But the Queensland Derby, the Kingsford Smith Cup, uh, the Sires Produce, the Queensland Oaks, the Stradbroke.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and the uh, and the JJ Atkins. So big numbers, too, amongst the nominations, Sam. It's
3: just what you want to see, isn't it? I mean, where would you rather be in wintertime, though, but here in Queensland yeah. riding? For me, anyway, fantastic. But to see that support from, obviously, horses all over the country is really encouraging You know, for Queensland for its racing. And that's what we want. You know, you want... You know, horses there, big fields, good betting turnover, all that kind of stuff. Great opportunities for us as riders as well.
2: And you would have had a good look at these. Is there any Kiwis there that uh, you've been on the phone trying to
1: chase your <laughs>
3: rides? I haven't yet, actually. I've been trying to chase um, my good friend Robert Patterson to see what horses he's bringing over, but he's been very cagey.
1: <laughs> Is that a shout-out to yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. shout-out to <laughs> Robert.
2: <laughs> hope he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, num- the numbers, Alyssa, are really good. Uh, yeah. We've got big numbers for Stradbrokes and etc. so it's going to be a great carnival.
1: And as you said as well, you did mention Tim Clark, who we'll be speaking to a little bit later on. As well, he did mention that he's booked for Entino for yep. the Brisbane Racing uh, Carnival Sprint.
2: Yeah, the BRC Sprint in a couple yeah. of weeks. Tim Clark's been booked there, so that's a good uh, good booking for Tim. He always has a good carnival. Uh, never never leaves the Brisbane Winter Carnival without a uh, probably a Group One winner at least. Yeah, and he did it, of course, on Alligator Blood last year in the Stradbroke. So. Looking forward to chatting to Tim.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Chris Waller as well. We spoke about Tony Gollan. What about Chris Waller? His uh, his horse, the Three Million Colts Kandinsky Abstract.
2: Kandinsky Abstract is a brother to Sunlight. Uh, won at Canterbury on Wednesday on debut. Now, he always brings a good horse, a two-year-old up here for the carnival. I thought it was last week. I can't remember what the name of the horse was. Uh, it ended up going around at Rose Hill. And ran last, uh, no. so I'm blaming the heavy track. <laughs> yeah, I'm blaming Trek. the heavy track. Track looked terrible yeah. at Rosehill yeah. last week. Yeah. Armed Forces was the name, and That's I thought it. Uh, it would show up here, but it didn't, and it didn't show up at Rosehill either. But it didn't. It didn't. But anyway, we'll forgive that. But Kandinsky Abstract cost three million dollars, as you mentioned, Alyssa. Won well on debut. We don't know that he's heading north yet, but I would say mm. there's a fair chance that he will be.
3: $3 does Isn't that, make your eyes water? Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> eh? What's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Well, as
1: we mentioned, we've got Sam Collett in the studio with us. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll also have Tim Clark in just a moment too.
4: Kobe lad is just back behind them. Getting to the outside is
2: just super starting to run on. Sweetways has pulled out deep. And then Better Rain taking shortcuts up on the inside. Going okay, but needs clear air. Debs Ellie just in front. Just super. Kobe Ladd. Better Range run up behind them. It's Debs Ellie the leader. Shows the way by a length. Better Range trying to come off its back. Deb Ellie the leader. Better Range through to second. Kobe Ladd. Just super. But Deb Ellie's going to lead all of the way. Deb Ellie defeated Better Range. Third over the line. Kobe Ladd. Just super. Four stuck in a dream. Bahini rock.
1: Devs, Ellie won and that of course was Sam's 1,000th <laughs> race winner. How amazing and that does go down in the history books as well because not only does Sam have a 1,000 to her belt, her mother, Trudy, does as well and also her father, Jim. It is the first in the world to have that happen within a family. Absolutely outstanding stuff, Sam.
3: Yeah, it was a surreal moment for me. Obviously, I'd set myself that target you know for a fair while now and it's actually a little bit odd now as I sort of you know people ask me like well, like, what are your goals now and I'm like well oh, that's a good question what's next oh, I'm not sure 2000 <laughs> yeah 2000 <laughs> um hopefully it doesn't take me quite as long to get to 2000 I might be still riding at the same age as mum um, <laughs> but, but yeah but that's
1: amazing your mummy is still riding
3: yeah she's incredible um she's got an incredible passion for it uh, and obviously dad does too but he's you know through injury um he's had to step back he's obviously now training and I guess you know full credit to mum because you know as we see plenty of times week in week out you know you have falls accidents and things like that and my mum's had her fair share of those but she's just resilient and she just keeps on going you know it's yeah it's fantastic if I'm going to be still doing at that age well then you know it's it's a huge achievement. But. Mm. You know, back to the 1,000, it was obviously great to get it done. Um, The support I'd had and people that had messaged afterwards, it was really actually quite overwhelming. And I feel like I still haven't got back to everyone. But it still hasn't really sunk in, I guess, you know, like how far you've come and the work that's gone to get to that point. Um, Yeah, a lot of early starts.
2: And and how satisfying. When you crossed the line on Mm. Deb's Alley, that that feeling, what sort of feeling did you have? I mean, you were well aware of it, of course, (laughs) but that You know, did it feel satisfying? Were you a bit teary maybe?
3: Not really. I I reckon I was more emotional when I won my first Group 1 winner because it was one of those things like a 1,000 winners, you like to think you're going to get there, you know, one winner here, another winner here eventually. But your Group 1 winner, I think for me, was the most satisfying because it was you've got to, A, secure a ride in the race and, B, you know, ride the right horse, have the right run and have all that unfold so... It, it was a different kind of satisfaction for them both. Obviously, I was aware, you know, after riding a winner on Saturday for Peter Roble that I only needed one more to get to the 1,000. Uh, you always think it doesn't take too long, but I mean, it was all the way win. A good tough effort from, from the Philly and yeah, relief, definitely relief.
1: It's quite amazing, isn't it? Because I know in the lead up to that we were watching all of your races and we were counting down and we thought, Oh no, there's a place, oh, oh no, there's another place. Oh and then there was another win and we thought we're getting closer and closer and yeah, closer. Yeah. And every week I feel like every every time we met up, we were saying, Oh, it could be this weekend, it could be this weekend. So all that anticipation to finally have done that, it must be a bit of a relief.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, a Thousand Winners is a is a lot of winners when you think of it, I guess. Yeah. But there's been a heck of a lot of rides, you know. That doesn't include track work, trials, mm. uh, jump outs. Um, so, the Thousand Winners is more like a reflection of the, like, years of consistent work that have all come to, you know, come to a point, you know, Um. So yes, counting it down, you know, I think I was five or six off or something and I said to you, this is just gonna take forever. (laughs) Um, And then I had, you know, five winners in five days, uh, sorry, in three days over the weekend. So it's just funny how it can turn like that. You can all of a sudden have a bit of a quiet run and then when you lux in, you lux in.
1: Well, two thousand is up next.
3: Yes. And I reckon yeah. you
1: you've got nine hundred and ninety seven. <laughs> yeah, <to> nine ninety seven. <laughs> yeah, nine hundred and ninety seven wins out. to go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tick sure. them off, tick them off, <laughs> yeah. cross them off. Um, with that though, as you say, a lot of people are saying, What's next for you? Is it the two mm. thousand? But what is your next goal? Because you know when some athletes get to a certain point and they go, I've ticked every box now, I'm content
3: to walk away from the sport. You're not quite that no. type of personality, are you? Certainly not. Racing is hen has been my life life and my family's life you know forever and um, in terms of goals there's probably nothing I've got specifically set for myself and just being consistent I mean I would love to write a group one winner here I think that would be the absolute icing mm. on the cake but even if I was to achieve that um, I just get such a kick out of riding winners and writing in general and the people I meet and the people in the industry that I mean like what a great job you know yeah. like it certainly has its downfalls for sure but I've met some amazing people People that train one or two horses, people that train hundreds of horses, owners, people from all walks of life, and I think that's um, one of the most satisfying parts of my job is, you know, getting to meet those sorts of people. It's not your nine to five.
1: We know that we know that your parents still watch all of your races, which is beautiful, and they, you know, critique your rides and things like that. When you when you cross for that thousandth winner. Did they, were they, you know, complimentary or did they say, oh, great job,
3: but you could have done this a little bit better? You should have gone a little bit earlier. Yeah, what (laughs)
1: was was their reaction?
3: (laughs) So when I got my phone back and I was able to get back to everyone, obviously first port of call was calling my mum and my dad and my sister. And mum was just, you know, mum's very um, to the point. She's like, well done. You know, I'm really proud of you. You deserve that. And dad rang me and he was a little bit emotional and. He was like, I'm so proud of you and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, but you still got about 700 more winners to ride to beat me. And I was like, but right. maybe that's my next goal.
2: There you go. Now you do know what your next goal is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you always want to be a jockey, Sam?
3: No. Originally, um, I obviously always rode horses. My sister and I had show jumping ponies growing up, and that was a massive part of our life. But when we were growing up, my sister was always going to be the jockey. She was just... Everything was full on, 100 miles an hour. Uh, She was just fearless. And I was probably a a more subdued child. And, you know, I enjoyed school. I thought, you know, I'll stay at school. I want to become a vet, um, you know, do that kind of thing. And then sort of got into my last few years um, of college and realized that I quite like making money. (laughs) And maybe I'll give this horse riding thing a go. So even though I'd been from, obviously you know mum and dad were jockeys it wasn't something that was on my radar until I sort of hit 16 when I'd left school and thought you know I've got to learn how to ride track work which is very different to just riding sport horses as a kid it's a totally different style of riding um, different strength all that kind of thing and there was a time there certainly when I first started learning to ride track work I thought I'm not going to be able to do this Mm. you know I'm not strong enough I don't know if I'm tough enough um, all those kinds of things that creep through your head Uh, So, yeah, it it certainly wasn't my first port of call um, to be a jockey, but, you know, I wouldn't take it back for the world now.
2: Did you adapt to the early morning starts, okay? Because that can't be easy.
3: (laughs) I'm a real morning person, Uh, so I was all right. Yeah, Yeah, I don't sleep well, so, um, you know, when my alarm goes off, I usually bounce out of bed. But, yeah, I can't stay up very late, you know. wouldn't do much for your social life (laughs) jockeys don't have social (laughs)
1: life
3: neither do horse trainers actually for that they never stop you've Uh, taken up golf though I have taken up golf since I've moved into the city while I've been here because I've got no gardens to do at my rental property here so yes I've taken up playing golf so maybe that might be my next goal to become the next uh, Lydia Ko yeah look out so yeah they tell me there's good money in golf so very good (laughs) very very good Good money
1: yeah (laughs) Hey, make him in the move across the ditch from NZ to Queensland. That would have been absolutely massive because all of your family is back home and you're here on your own.
3: Yeah, it was a very big life step for me. Obviously, the appeal to come over here has been great for, for a long time. Uh, I'm Certainly what I would consider a homebody. I love my place in NZ. I love my little routine. So to leave all that behind including my family and friends and like a very established career Mm. to start pretty much from scratch it was quite daunting but I needed the new challenge like I needed to prove to myself that you know there's more out there for me. So yeah it's been a hard couple of years like you know a couple of birthdays with no family. Um, I've obviously made fantastic friends here and, and have people here I now consider my Australian family and you know probably the hardest thing I reckon was the two weeks in quarantine when I got here. Mm. Um, Walking out of quarantine after two weeks was so bizarre. It's like, there's nothing going on and it's like the apocalypse and you go outside and there's people everywhere. And I just stood out, I did my um, quarantine at the Gold Coast and I remember walking out of the hotel room and going down and watching the people at the beach walk past. And I was just like, this is so strange. It feels like I've been locked away (laughs) forever. forever, (laughs) Forever. Yeah. It was very strange, but I was lucky to keep, in good contact with everyone um, via like, my phone, obviously mm. social media things like that. And I tell you, what, I watched a lot of racing while I was <laughs> in two weeks. I reckon I knew the form inside out.
2: And it was the only sport going on at the time. Everything else yeah. was was basically cancelled. Yeah, canceled, true. Wasn't it? Yeah, it
3: was a bizarre time. Yeah. in the world, wasn't it? You'd
2: was hope we never see it again. Just, yeah. just a question on. Um, you said making the move over here. Are you happy where things are at now?
3: I think I'll always want more. Yep. It's just in my nature. Mm. Um, I want to be better. I want to get Better results. I want more money. I want yep. everything, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I am. I'm um, still trying to work out a healthy work life balance for myself. Where obviously riding is so consuming, like you say, it's early mornings, it's very antisocial hours. Uh, for me, I was able to get that outlet through being on the farm, having my own horses, being in the garden. Um, so, when I have a few days off here, I've really struggled to find a balance, hence, I've taken up playing golf, which I'm not sure is great for my mental well being when I don't hit <laughs> one well. But, um, yeah, that's been tough uh, finding that balance. But, in writing terms, obviously, I would like to be, I would like more, I would love to win a premiership here. Um, That would be an absolute feather in my cap for sure. So, we've just got to keep my head down and keep working. Mm.
2: I was going to say you've had good support from trainers from the major stables. They've they've, they've been good for you. Um, who do you ride track work for?
3: So yeah, I've been very um, grateful to have you know winners from pretty much every you know main trainer here yep. and at Eagle Farm and Durnburn and things like that. But my mornings at Eagle Farm normally consist of writing um, a couple for Chris Munts. He's been a fantastic supporter of mine from the get-go. Uh, to Annabelle uh, Neesham, obviously since she's moved from the Gold Coast up to Eagle Farm, um, her former up here, Todd Pollard's a friend of mine from back in NZ. So us Kiwis have to stick together. <laughs> uh, Kelly Schweder, there. Yep. Barry Lockwood is also, you know, he gave me one of my first uh, black type winners here with Johnny Rocker, uh, Desley Forster, and then, I was doing a bit of work at the Sunshine Coast and at the Gold Coast but I just had to manage my time with racing and how many hours I was spending in the car so I head to Deegan now uh, to do a bit of riding for Jack Bruce on a Wednesday and then go out um, after that and ride out the Sandgate Beach which is absolutely magic especially when the weather's good.
2: He's been a great supporter Jack Bruce terrific young trainer.
3: He is and he's a really great guy he's working hard he's obviously got a satellite stable now at Caloundra too so he's here, there, and everywhere, but you know, also another expat Kiwi. So, yeah, um, like I said, he's just doing a great job. He's placing his horses really well. Obviously, he gave me a stakes winner up at the Wentwood on uh, X, who I get to pilot uh, tomorrow, which is, yeah, very exciting. But yeah, Jack, great guy. He's doing a great job with the horses he's got and the team. He's starting to build a really good team around him now too.
1: You're a big fan of Axe, aren't you? You've had a winner on Axe before. Yeah,
3: he's a real soft spot mm-hmm. for him, obviously. Uh, Toowoomba's not a track I've had a lot of uh, um, well, exposure to, but I have had a few winners there now. But he obviously won the wet wood up there for me. And um, I think I've had three rides on him now for a first, a second, and a third. So hopefully he can put another winner together tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Wow.
1: And your partner's also in racing as well. Sam, how does that go down? Because we know that jockeys can be quite competitive. And so having two in one household, like it'd be hard enough having your family uh, involved in racing because we know your cousins uh, are in um, Sydney and they're in racing as well. So very close to home, a very competitive bunch. But then you go home after the track, it's competitive at the track, you want to go home and relax, but you're coming home and it's uh, in your face with another
3: jockey. Well, I'm Oh, I wear the pants in the household, so there's not much discussion that goes on because what I say goes. So I hope Luke's listening that's to normal. this. That's normal for a household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I am, to be fair though, growing up, when I first started writing, I was writing with mum and dad. And I tell you wow. what, writing with them both, that there was no better introduction to how ruthless people can be with writing with your parents. You know, there was no love lost out there. And, and that's fair. Like, war is fear and love and war. Obviously, they're the first people to wish you success those that are close to you but they're probably as tough on you as they are Mm. on anyone else so in terms of Luke and I you know when we're riding together if he's got to do what he's got to do to win he's got to do what he's got to do to win and vice versa so we try and leave it civil um neither of us really have that kind of personality to take things home with us we know it's not healthy so um and if he wants dinner cooked for him, he best not say anything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so when you when you look at form, do you, do you talk about form together? Do you do your form together?
3: Yeah, a little bit. If we're riding at the same place, certainly. But then you know everyone's got their own way of doing yep. form. So um, if I've got something, say if there's a horse that I've ridden sorry, say that he's ridden that I need some information of, I might sort of pick his brains as to what he thinks or places uh, like Toowoomba where he's had a a lot of exposure and ridden a lot of winners and maybe me not so much. I sort of bounce ideas off him. But I try and do my own form and keep that in my own head. Um, Like I say, everyone's got their own way of of dealing with it. What's your
2: way? What's your strength? When you do the form, is it? maps uh, videos yeah. weights what What do you think's most important
3: i like going through a lot of videos myself yeah. i don't rely a lot on speed maps because i think there's too much that can come into play with speed maps if people rely on them it only takes one horse to jump slow or something to jump yep. well um, and your best laid plans are out the window so speed maps to me they're certainly a tool that you can use but i don't really take much you know out of them yep. um I'd like to know how much speed my own horse has got if it's something I haven't ridden before. Obviously, I always seem to worry or like to worry about the runners to my inside, not so much to what's outside of me. Unless I'm on something that's going to go forward and there's a lot of speed in the race. Uh, Obviously, where the rails are, um, you know, true, they're out 10 metres, they're out 5 metres. That's all very relevant to your positioning uh, for me. I said... Distance changes, horses that are stepping up and trip going back and trip also determines you know how much speed they are going to have. If I'm riding a 1,000-meter horse that's running 1,200 meters, it's likely to have more speed than yep. most. So that kind of thing um, is all relevant. Um, but I try and fill myself with as much information as I can on my own horse, um, you know, where it is in its preparation, the kind of company it's been competing against, and yeah, go from there.
2: So a question, you do your own form. And you've got an idea in your head and then you get to race day and you talk to the trainer in the mounting yard and he says exactly the opposite of what you think. You've got to do what you're told, haven't you? Even if you think you're right, you have to do what you're told.
3: Well, yes. Um, In that circumstance, I like to say I I understand what you're saying, um, but there is a possibility that this, this, and this. Yep. Like what do you – how do you feel about that? Obviously, you have to have more than one plan because – there's no good just having plan A. If you talk to any jockey, plan A can go out the window nine times out of ten. Yep. So you have to have a plan A, B, C. You get to D, you're in trouble. You <laughs> can um, remember them all. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I don't know. For me, you have a fair idea of what's going to happen, but it's always more important for me to ride by feel um you need to know how much petrol you've used early you need to know how fast the race is going so it doesn't matter what plan you have if they all of a sudden your speed map's got there being five leaders in the race and all of a sudden everyone decides they're going to ride their horse back your horse is reefing's pulling yeah. you know it's not settled that's more detrimental to its chances so riding by feel has always been my go-to yep Um, having my horse comfortable it's no different to sort of going well it is slightly different but going to do a track gallop when you're working your horse getting it prepared for a race and you're working it along to do its sort of last bit of work you want it to feel like it's getting stronger to the to the winning post you don't want to be going 100 miles an hour at the start and then finishing it's the same kind of theory you want to know how much petrol you've got how much ground you've covered all that's very very relevant
1: when you're doing form, where are you getting your information from? Are you calling, especially if it's a horse that you've never ridden before, are you calling from other jockeys that have ridden them and ridden them well to get some inside information? Where are you getting that from? How long roughly does it take you to do on each horse?
3: I like to sort of sit and do most of my form on the morning of a race mm. so it's fresh in my memory. Um, so then obviously if I'm at the races, I can discuss with other jockeys you know, how – You know, like what did you think of this horse? How did it run? They they might tell me something completely opposite. You know, they're not obliged to be honest with me. Mm. Like most people are. However, um, it's a competitive sport. Mm. You know, you don't really want to be giving all of your secrets away. Um, so I take that with a grain of salt. But I do most of my videos, you know, morning of, um, and yeah, just go through racing Queensland. They've pretty much got everything. If it's a horse that's racing in Sydney, I just you know obviously look at the New South Wales website and go from there.
2: Now, Sam, Sunday is the running of the Kentucky Derby. Mm. I see that you've ridden in Japan. Yes. That's the only place I can see that you've ridden out of New Zealand or Australia. I might be wrong. Yes, would you like to ride overseas?
3: Absolutely. I've been fortunate enough to ride in Mongolia. I rode in Saudi Arabia. Well, it wasn't on the site that I looked at. Yeah, so yeah. your sites are <laughs> the wrong info. So I went to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Japan off the back of the premiership win and was invited there. Uh, Saudi I went to last year as a jockey's um, rep for NZ. Uh, in Mongolia, actually, Alicia and I went there, which was a wild experience. I've ridden in Macau. Um, only short stints. Um, like I said, I've been a homebody. Yeah. So I like... So if, I like my. If someone life.
2: offered you a six-month contract in Hong Kong, you'd be off, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take a
3: discount deal. <laughs> if anyone out there. You spoke
2: about not liking to earn money. Well, that's a place you're gonna earn oh, plenty of it.
3: I, I could just, you know, cry into my paycheck everywhere. <laughs> because... Well, you've
2: been, you've, you've ridden in Japan. <laughs> yes. That's they. A lot of people say the wagering side of it is bigger in Japan than mm. it is in Hong Kong.
3: I think Japan is actually the place to be. Like yeah. It, you don't appreciate how amazing racing is in japan like, i talked to like mark Duplessis who did a stint there at least people from back in nz and they would hands down go back to japan in a heartbeat yeah
4: why yeah, is that
3: unreal i think they just look after you so well the prize money's unbelievable the horses i mean i was only there for a you know like a weekend to ride the horses are incredible it's just it's so professional um yeah, that just you don't. I don't think we're exposed to as much Japanese racing as I think we should no, be. No. Horses are unreal. I think their horses yeah. the best
2: in the world. Just about.
3: Well, they don't have to come down to no. you know the southern part of the hemisphere because they're already making enough money up there. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Wow,
1: lucky yeah. for them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Lucky for them.
3: All right. Well, we've got some racing in Queensland for the
1: next seven days. Let's take a look at that because we've got some big ones coming up. Uh, The Hollandale Stakes is tomorrow. And uh, Zaki, if Zaki wins that, it'll be the first time that's ever happened in three consecutive years. Yes. And we've done it
2: in two tracks. Yeah. That's a record that they'll probably never break again. So. You think he can win, Sam? I know you can't tip, and I'm not asking you to tip. But in your opinion, do you think he'll win? In
3: my opinion, I would love to see him win. I'd love to see him break the ten million dollar mark. I mean, the spot racing, we love horses like this. You know, he's just absolutely incredible. And I mean, his connections—what an absolute trip they've been on. You know, through his career so far. So I'd love to see him take it out.
1: Amazing. Well, racing continues this afternoon to start with in Townsville, and then tomorrow, as we said, uh, the Hollandale the Stakes is on, and we can't wait for that one, but plenty happening as well across the week, Chris.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, racing at Ipswich, of course, tomorrow as well. We also race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. We race at Gatton on Sunday, and we've got a couple of non-tab meetings as well, more than a couple. Burren-Dowen. You've got that right, Sam?
3: <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> Claremont,
2: Gordon Vale, Long Longreach and Morven. Gee, the others were nice and easy, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once we got and, and out the way. Exactly. But that's it for the weekend.
1: Exactly. And then, yeah, wraps up on Sunday at Giat. And as you mentioned, Chris, well, Sam, thank you very much for joining us in the studio. But stick around because after the break, we do have Tim Clark. He's a jockey. He's been a very successful one at that, at joining us in just a moment. Aquis, the Queensland's best and largest stallion facility and home to Group One sprinting sensation, Parada. And stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au.
0: This is The Punters, mate, on SEN.
1: Yes, welcome back to The Punter's Mate here on SCN. I'm Melissa Smith, joined by Chris Nelson. Chris, we've got a busy weekend ahead, as always, but it feels like this weekend is busier than usual.
2: Yes, it does feel that way. Don't it? Look, we've had a lot of um, It shouldn't be because we've had so many public holidays in the last <laughs> yeah. few weeks. They've all been busy, but I, I think the fact that the carnival really seems to ramp up always mm. does with this Gold Coast meeting, which, of course, is at the Sunshine Coast, but it always signals the um the appearance of some really good horses
1: speaking of the sunshine coast uh let's talk to a jockey who has several races there this weekend he's been very successful in his past he's been riding for a very long time and that is tim clark tim welcome to the punters mate
4: good morning nice to be on
2: tim uh you obviously had great success last year with alligator blood uh winning the Stradbroke. uh, and look the entries or noms have come out for the big races this week uh, for this winter carnival is there any that uh you've committed to at this early stage
4: um, no not not too much it's um obviously it, things are just starting to as you said really sort of ramp up up there now and look I've got some um some nice rides coming up but as far as the uh, sort of the Stradbroke goes um there's a few options there um just depends on what a, wait a few of them gets but I'm looking forward to to getting up there uh you know most weekends and um uh, I'm, I'm locked in to ride in Tino for Tony Gollan in a couple of weeks so he, he could be a horse that obviously he's got to win a, a race like the BRC Sprint to in obviously but um yeah he, he's definitely one that uh, could put his hand up and and um yeah I'm looking forward to to getting back on Serpentine sort of heading towards the Brisbane Cup who was um Pretty good there resuming uh, his first win for a long time and I think that um, he could be uh, a real Brisbane Cup type of horse.
2: He's a funny one, Serpentine. Of course, he won an Epsom derby in the UK and then uh, he hasn't really done a lot since but you managed to get the best out of him uh, last Saturday in that four-horse field. Can he go on, do you think?
4: Yeah, most definitely. I think that um, uh, his first up, big weight, 2200. So I thought he'd done a, a really good job considering the, the favorite just had his back and, and a lot less weight. Um, you know, I loved the way he fought and how strong he was through the line. So getting out and trips going to be where he's going to be more suited. And so I think out to like a, a, two mile of a Brisbane cup. Um, yeah, I think he's going to give it a real, a real shake, but yeah, uh, you know, he looks, he, he seems to be, um, you know, top of the ground really, really suits him. Um, yeah, you know, he he had a few wet runs wet track runs in Melbourne last prep and just it, it just don't know whether he just he just handle that sort of going. so hopefully the the weather stays uh, bright and sunny in Queensland and that should suit him.
2: It's funny we get some uh, amusing comments on on social media at times. I know there's some bad stuff, but there's also some wags out there and, and one person, uh, I know he works in racing, but he put out the tweet that uh, this probably uh, Serpentine will probably be the only horse ever. To win the Epsom, uh, the Epsom Derby, and the Robbie Fred handicap will probably be never ever beaten again. <laughs> that's a fair call. I would have thought, Tim. I can't see it ever happening again.
4: No, that's right. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, um, yeah. Obviously, as you said, he came over here with a, a, a big reputation, but uh, obviously he had to to sort of drop in grade a little bit to, to get another win on the board. But it was uh, it was nice to see Robbie at the races there. Last weekend, and and to win a race uh, named in his in his honour.
1: Yeah. Looking ahead to this weekend, Tim, you've got a very busy day tomorrow at the Gold Coast. Oh, sorry, at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, race number one, the Move. Tell us about that horse uh, trained by Tony Gollan.
4: Yeah, he's first up, which is yeah, you know, he's he's been effective first up in the past. He's had a couple of trials and seems to be ticking over well. So you know on his on his best form he has got to be a, a chance in a, in a race like this because he can um, you know i remember one day he came to sydney and won impressively and uh you know he he does mix his form a little bit uh, and you know his last few runs last prep he, he struggled a little bit but if he can get back to his his best form he's definitely capable of of winning a race like this
2: now, race three, Tim. You're uh, you're on two at the moment. One's an emergency, uh, Missy Moolah. The other one is uh, Silvacia for Mark Nuna. But I wanted to ask you about Missy Moolah, uh, a Kiwi filly. She's drawn a wide gate. If she gets a start, but her trials. You've ridden her in both trials, and she hasn't looked uh, looked bad at those trials.
4: Yeah, I, I really hope she gets a run. To be to be honest. I'm... Would really uh, think she's got a, a good hope in in a race like this. She uh, yeah she's come from New Zealand with pretty solid form and never been tested out in out in trip, but she she's impressed in in what she's done um, in Sydney, sort of not only in her trials but in her work. So she's up in Queensland. She's uh, she's ready to go, but um, yeah, just gonna need a few more scratchings. So. If she does happen to get in the field, I'd be be watching her very carefully because she's, uh, she's a very talented filly.
2: And Sylvakia, uh also drawn poorly.
4: Yeah, she got a, a bit of a confidence boosting win last start at Newcastle in, in lesser grade, and you know her run previously in the, in the Adrian Knox wasn't too bad on a really heavy track. So, you know she's a she's a filly that looks like she's going to. You know, she, well, she. We know she's going to run out out the trip strong, and you know, coming off a off a nice win last start.
1: What about race four? You don't have much time in turnaround, do you? You've got. You're on a, a bounding trained by Robert Heathcote.
4: Yeah, good good mm. winner at the at the track last start. Mm. Hopefully, um, hopefully she can she can go on on from that. So, she's been racing well. Obviously, still unlikely race, but uh, has always been around the mark, so deserves a deserves a chance in a in a race like this. And hopefully, she can she can secure some black tight.
2: I'm really interested in your mount in uh, race number five, Tim, and that is uh, Osmose, uh, French mare, now with uh, Gay and Adrian. Her true trial, her two trials have looked quite
4: okay. Really pleased with a with her first trial. I thought her second trial I expected her to to do a little bit more but she sort of got didn't didn't step clean and, and got into a bit of an awkward spot but um, she, some of the some of the stuff she has done at home um, you know she's she's shown really nice promise so it's always you know hard for them the imports whether they they may need a, a preparation to acclimatize but she's um, another one that you know, in, in some of her work at home, she's been really impressive. So a uh, bit of an unknown, definitely, go you know, an interesting runner and and we'll learn a lot more about her and, and where she sort of sits in the scheme of things after, after Saturday.
1: And what about race seven or race six, it is, Spacewalk, uh, trained by James Cummings, had a win back in January. But um, what can you tell us about Spacewalk?
4: Yeah, he's he's a very talented he's a very talented gilding from the for the Godolphin crew and um you know, ran ran really well, you know, through the sort of the autumn in Sydney. has had a little bit of a freshen up and a and a trial in between. So looks a looks a bit of a target for for him and you know, he he'll he'll acquit himself extremely well, I would have thought, you know, whether that um <clears throat> You know, the last run he, he you know, he's placed in a in a good race. So he he brings the right form form up. He he, he has sort of promised a fair bit and, and may not have delivered on on occasions. But if the if the right space work walk turns up, um, he, he's going to be really hard to beat. Considering that, um, you know, with, you know, fashion legends come out and he he's got a bit of uh, a bit of that race fitness against you know, a, a class horse like Yellow Brick. So, yeah, he's definitely one of my, my better chances for the day.
2: Now, because we waffled so much early in the early segment, Tim, we have to uh, we have to cut it. But we'll just ask you about one more ride, and that, of course, is in the day's feature. You're riding Zarek for, uh, for Team Hawks. Do you hear this horse was in good form during the Sydney uh, Carnival?
4: Yeah, he was, was low-flying in Sydney, and, and probably just, you know, the draw... Cost him running sort of a lot closer the other day. He had to go back from a draw, um, which he's had to do sort of these last few runs. He, he was able to over, overcome that two starts ago. Um, the other day on a on a on a testing track, and he, he just uh, yeah got back in a slow run race and, and wasn't able to sort of pick them up. But I think getting back to a, a better a better surface um, from a low draw where he'll be able to just land. Uh, a lot closer in the run. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Zaki is uh, the benchmark and he's going to be extremely hard to beat. But um, I, I feel that uh, reckon can definitely cause a bit of a boil over.
1: Well, fingers crossed. We'll all be cheering for you on the weekend, that is for sure. Tim, thank you so much for joining us on Punter's Mate.
4: Beauty, no worries, guys. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Best of luck. On the Gold Coast,
1: in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Yes, it is paradise here in Queensland, isn't it just? Welcome back to the Punters, mate. Uh, Gibbo, time for tips now. Gibbo, two winners from two tips last week. You are flying high.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah, just carrying on from previous weeks. He's right, listen, he is. He's yeah. on fire. Yeah, I run out of water here in the bath. I've just filled it full of 50. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't oh, want yeah. photo evidence of no. that. No. <laughs> I there's
0: enough to, yeah, cover certain parts. But I don't, but I don't mean to brag. <laughs> no, not at all.
1: Just a small flex there, that's all. Well, you just did. As, but Chris, Chris also did pretty well as well.
0: No, we're not
2: talking about me, Alyssa. It's all about Chris, always, know, no, Chris always, always does well. Does. No, no. You, you did tip Zuma Rudy and you did tip Baltic Coast, which won at a good price. I think it was uh, yeah six seven eight nine ten dollars so well yeah.
0: done yeah it does help with good rides too Chris you know that you can be tipping yep. exactly the same and just get better rides and it was an absolute peach from Malian yep. he rides Eagle Farm particularly well yeah, and he does. Um, yeah he, he he gave it a ten out
2: of ten okay so you got two races you've picked this week at the sunny coast yep. tomorrow now we just need another two winners simple <laughs> as that
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will too You're Race beautiful in, in Race four, I'm prepared to – a couple of the locals are in the market. I'm I'm prepared to go away from them. I, I think they're just sort of standard Saturday horses, and I think the Sydney horses have got a bit of upside in them. I'm going the way of influential. Waller, J-Mac, uh, well-bred. I love the experience it had in a trial, and another really nice day at the races on debut, sort of in behind them, got out late, good through the line. I think the big track suits. J-Mac gets a good gate, and – I just think it's it's one on the way up, so I'm happy to take around sort of the 440 450 mark. Influential race four. Okay. Uh, and we go straight to the next after we collect there. Race five, <laughs> number one tycoon Evie. This has been really well supported. It's nearly four dollars, I think, when markets went up, and oh, I've got a feeling it might be about 290 now. Um, you. Yeah, she's just she's just the best horse in the race. She was a very good horse when she was based in Queensland. She's joined the Snowdens. She's probably found another length or two. She might have the 58 kilos, but I think she deserves it. A really well placed. J-Mac again. I think the money will keep coming. She'll start a short favourite and be winning.
2: What about the Hollandale? Are you in Zaki's corner?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you have to be. You've got to try and find knocks on the odds, odds on pops. But, again, best jockey in the world, leader in a race that looks to have no tempo. Even if something wants to change its tactics, he can just sit off it or sit outside it, inside it. I just, I just sort of... I probably can't take odds on, but I I can't be putting my money on hard-earned on something to beat it either.
1: What about you, Chris? What have you got?
2: Um, I'm with Gibbo. I think Zaki wins. I'd just Mm -hmm. like to see what they do with the tissue from the gate. Maybe they'll roll the dice and go forward, Gibbo. Maybe, but uh, if they don't, the race is as good as over, I think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, go on.
0: No, you're right. I was going to say she's going as good as you can possibly yeah. go. It's issue a dominant Group One win. Oh, it's as good as form as you can bring. Just that gate is sticky.
2: Yep. Race three, number four, the bracelet. I think Street Gossip can win again. Uh, gets the run of the race there. Whereas the main danger, Wolverine, will be out the back and wide, or both. Uh, and race five, oh, race six, number two, the Guineas. I do like uh, Yellow Brick. Uh, fashion Legend being scratched is a big help. Uh, I think Yellow Brick can return a winner. His trial was very good and I'll take you on in race four. I've got one there at a bit of a price, although it has ferned a little bit. Number 12, trifling. One from down your way, Gibbo. Uh, Yeah,
0: one of my my favorites just kept winning last prep. Yeah, and I just... Kept getting a better price.
2: Yeah, and I just think... um, Look, I'm sure she's looking for 1,400, but the fact she's seven weeks between runs uh, has her nice and fresh, and that track suits her, and there's a bit of speed. I think she'll be running on hard
0: at the end. Yeah, it does, and I get yellow brick with you too. It's a bit like you, Chris. It's just a winner.
2: <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth, you know. <laughs>
0: <Nothing>.
2: <laughs> took
1: I love it took that. a minute for the I penny to
2: that. drop. Hey, <laughs> <it? laughs>
1: oh can I throw one in there, guys? Yeah. Uh, we were speaking to Sam Collett a little bit earlier on, and I was talking to her yesterday about her rides this weekend. Race five at the Sunny Coast. Fashionelle. It's a Kiwi horse. We know she's a Kiwi, but it's trained by Annabelle Neesham. She reckons that one is going to be a, a hot favourite too. She's
0: she's confident, is
2: she? Mm,
1: yep. Give her. Yeah, she is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's got ability. It's just, it's for me, it's, it's hard to catch because it'll put in a good one, then a poor one. Yeah. But there's no no doubt it's it's well-bred and it's got the ability to win a race like that. So that could be a little steer at odds. Love yeah, it. We, fight, we find all the hard topics at the two flogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. giveaway. thank you so much for your tips and thanks for your time. Hopefully we can uh, get some winners for our listeners thanks, again Gibbo. this weekend.
0: Thanks, Legends. I'll see, yeah. you, see you in the winner's queue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit Gambling help online.org.au Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. You can visit racingqueensland.com.au.